Grace to you and peace through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It came to my attention Monday afternoon that with two boys under the age of five living under my roof, I am going to have sermon illustrations for the rest of my life. Here is the first. Monday afternoon, it was just my youngest son, Andrew, and I. He had already eaten lunch, and I had sat down for mine. And I thought I was doing what any fine father would do. I sat down, took my sandwich, and I tuned out to the world around me, completely inattentive to anything else that was going on in that house. And as I was enjoying that moment of solitude, crash! Well, I quickly got up and went into the living room. Have you ever seen a 19-month-old attack a Christmas tree? (laughs) Knockout in the first round. And there, on the floor, in its pieces, was a little glass church ornament. And there, standing over the pieces of the little glass church ornament, was Andrew. And he had that look on his face. You know that look. You know that look. It's... It's one-third shock, one-third surprise, and one-third, I did that. (laughs) And so I took Andrew, and I picked him up, and I said to him in probably the wisest fatherly words I have ever used, Son... If you had just listened, if you had just listened to what I had told you about that Christmas tree, they're not toys, they're ornaments. If you had just listened to me, I could be back in my bubble of solitude. Well, if you had just listened to me as we come to our text today, starting with verse 8, Hear, O my my people, and I will admonish you, O Israel, if you will listen to me. God also has a problem with his children not listening. O people of Israel, if you would just listen. To me. And let us let this text take us back to the Exodus, and we will find time and time again that they just don't listen. The Lord your God will fight for you. Is the Lord amongst us, they say? They don't listen. I will be your God, 
and they fashion for themselves their own image of a God to worship. They don't listen. And then in verse 7 here, I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I proved you, I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Oh yeah, Meribah. Yeah, you remember we have Meribah 1 and we have Meribah 2, the sequel to Meribah 1, only with more drama. Now, Meribah 2 is where the Lord says to Moses, take your staff and speak to that rock and you get this water that all the people are contending with me about. And Moses takes the rod and he strikes that rock twice. You could say, oh, these people, they don't listen. And Moses, he doesn't either. But this audiological issue of inattentiveness, unfortunately, is not claimed just by the past of the people of Israel. Because then we come into verse 13 in our text. And the Lord again, oh, that my people would listen to me. And if they would, look what life would be. But they don't. They still don't. And oh, if this audiological issue of inattentiveness could only be claimed by the past and captured there, and we could say that was then, but we are now. But we can't. Because what are you listening to now? Are you hearing me? Do you hear these sermons? Were you there when we sang that psalm together? Or were you someplace else? Where were you? Was your mind captured by the text or was your mind captured by today's Hebrew vocabulary? Where were you? Oh, if only the audiological issue of inattentiveness to our Lord was in the past and only in the past and secured there in the past, but it is not. Oh, people of God, people of Christ, why do you not listen? But then in this same text, in this same word, and thanks be to God, we have this. You called in trouble, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. When you're not listening, he is. And God heard the groaning of his people, and God remembered the covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
When you're not listening, He is. When you're inattentive to what He has to say, to His promises, to His love, to all that He gives, He listens and He answers and He responds and He is merciful. For born unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Born to you, Savior, to you, Savior, Christ the Anointed, the Promised, the Lord. Born unto you, is the one who saves you from your distress, your despair, your depression, your anxiety, your sin, your death. Born unto you, your Savior, Christ the Lord. And now we on this day in Advent 2 or in Advent 1 last week or in Advent 3, we simply celebrate The fact that God listens. That God always listens. And answers. And then we, knowing that by our faith, can be filled with hope. Remembering this coming and looking forward to the next. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior. God listens. God answers. And God provides with his utmost a Savior. You have every reason to live in joy and in hope and in true peace. And our, I, our lives, our lives are now opened up to listen because this listening is joyful. What the Lord has to say to you is eternally Important, eternally vital. And what the Lord has to say to you, you need every single day, hour, minute, seconds of your life. Two weeks ago, I was shoveling some snow outside of our church right before the late service. And a junior high student was helping me break the ice. And I said to him, we need to stop now. We need to put the shovels aside and we need to get in because service is starting. And he said, you know, I'd uh, I'd just rather stay out here. And I said, why? I said, you know, you know, sermons. I heard one years ago, you, you hear one You hear them all. 
And we need to hear this as often as we would eat bread. Luther puts it this way in his explanation, in his large catechism to the third commandment. Even though you know the word perfectly and have already mastered everything, evidently he's speaking of our last year students, you are daily under the dominion of the devil. And he does not rest day or night in seeking to take you unawares and to kindle in your heart unbelief and wicked thoughts against these three and all other commandments. Therefore, you must constantly keep God's word in your hearts, on your lips, and in your ears. On the other hand, when we seriously ponder the word, hear it, and put it to use, such is its power that it never, that it never, that it never departs without fruit. We should fear And love God. So that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear it and gladly learn it and gladly take it and gladly read it and mark it and inwardly digest it. Because it will never depart from you without fruit. In the name of Jesus, amen.